All right. So welcome everybody back to the Homeschool Project podcast. I am Anita, one of your hosts. Nathan will not be joining me today as first of all, he's at work. And second of all, the topic for today is not really something that he speaks on, which is recapping on our school year. Uh, and we talk about curriculum and resources used and it's just not his thing since he's not here for that. Um, I mean, I always consider Nathan as part of our homeschooling journey, home education journey, because he does a lot of like life lessons and skills and will research rabbit holes with the kids. But the more structured is what we do when he's at work. So instead, I invited my older sister, Nina, to join us today. And um, she is wrapping up her first full year of homeschooling. Uh, because the year before that, she just did the suddenly COVID schooling. So kind of like forced into it in spring. Um, but this was like her first legit year. And so she's going to join me today for the conversation. Nina, say hi. And if you could introduce yourself again, for those who may not have heard you on past episodes of um, like a number of kids, ages, anything else. All right. Hello. So for those of you who have not heard me before, I am Nina. I am actually Anita's oldest sister. Um, I have a seven-year-old son and five and four-year-old daughters. I have to think about that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And yes, we did get swung into the whole homeschooling thing with COVID. And then we started homeschooling this year, mainly because we were going to originally just start with my son because we didn't want to send them into public school and private school was too expensive. And we would just wanted to keep them home for first grade. And then of course, because of COVID, we figured we don't know what's going to happen. We don't want, you know, any interruptions in our daughter's kindergarten school year. Cause we figured that that's an important year as well. So we decided to keep her and we did send off the four-year-old to preschool for a little while and then we brought her home and so this first year has been those first couple months we started uh homeschool I think it was August is when we actually started our school year because we decided to start before the actual school year because husband's also military so I'm home a lot by myself and I'm, I'm like you know what we're just going to go ahead. Why <laughs> yeah. not? We have nothing else to do. Why not? <laughs> so we started and up until October, I was just trying to piece together different curriculums. And I was trying to keep up with the whole uh, Instagram post and everything that every single homeschool mom was posting. And I'm like, oh, this is awesome. We're going to piece together this and we're going to do this unit study and we're going to do this curriculum and I was being bogged down. The kids were getting bogged down. And finally I just said, forget it. We're going to try something completely different. And in October, I decided to start on the gather round homeschool curriculum, Mm -hmm. which has been our lifesaver (laughs) and the kids have loved it. So that has been like our main core curriculum has been the unit studies uh, with gather around following those, um, we started with the year one unit studies that they have listed there. 
Okay. And um, for those of you that don't know Gather Round, right. it is literally you take a topic, a unit study. So like, like for instance, right now we're doing oceans and you have one teacher guide for all of your level students from three-year-olds up to high school. You're reading the same material to them, but each one of them have their own level notebook that they work in. So for instance, the girls are in the pre-reader, which is more for three to five-year-olds. So they just have a coloring page and one worksheet to work on while they listen to me read from the teacher guide. Mm -hmm. And then my son is in the early reader. So that's more of the seven to nine, I believe, like more first grade type work. And so he has about five pages of work where he actually does more reading, more writing, and they have like the social studies and some science and some literature and uh, like reading and copy work in there. And a lot of it is very um, Christian based. So his copy work is almost always, well, no, not almost always. It's always a scripture okay. that he copies. So it is Christian based. Yeah. And they love that. And we will dive into that. We'll sometimes have little um, arts and crafts based in there. They do have many units that for uh, government and like, we haven't touched on that one yet, but then there's been one for Easter. Mm -hmm. So we dived into Easter and that's only a few weeks where the actual unit studies can last from four to five weeks, depending on whether you teach four days Mm -hmm. or five days so you can make it as shorter as long as you want and um so usually I do a a unit a month basically because then at the end of the unit I take a week off to Mm kind of regather and get the new the next unit and get set up for the next one and so the the mini units have been nice because like during Easter, I did the Easter unit and dived into that a little bit. And then the same for Christmas, there was one for Christmas and they just love it because it really, it gives us a more broad spectrum of everything Mm -hmm. while focusing on a certain topic. So like, you know, today we were talking about sharks and yesterday we were talking about the giant squid and, and, you know, and things like that. And it's been a lot of fun and they love it. By the end of the unit, they are sad that it's over. And I'm like, you know what, guys, it's not really over because we're going to, we're going to come back to it next year and I'll do it again next year. And I'll just bump their level up to the next grade level so that they can learn a little bit more deeper on it. Because as they get older, they're going to have to do research and do more writing and, um, things like that with within the unit right and so we've really loved that that's great that's That's another way for you to save some money too yes because like we're probably doing a lot of our spending of a lot of our money this year Mm -hmm. and they do have like year two and I think they're developing year three units so there's more going on in there with gather round but I'm going to go in deeper again next year with this first year and then I'll probably pick up like the year two I think like last unit from year two I did botany which was 
very, it actually was very difficult because the, the, it was more science based with botany with the kids. And as I went through it, I had to like, kind of cut out some things that I knew that would be too difficult for the kids because we were doing that along with our Asia unit study. So they loved the Asia and learning about the different countries and all of their, especially like the dancing from each area. They loved the dancing, the girls of course. especially. They're half Puerto How could they not? Exactly. They're just like, oh, I want to dance like that. And I'm like, I'm sure you do. <laughs> so that, that was like a lot of fun, but the botany was very in-depth and a little bit too much over their heads. So I may just hang off like going to the next units that are for that higher level until later on. But we have a whole bunch of my windowsill right now is full of um, started plants that we have, which I can start them, but I don't think I'll be able to keep them up. So <laughs> that's my challenge. <laughs> so I have a couple questions. So the first is, yeah. the, do does gather around include suggested like hands-on activities to do? Yes, they will. Yeah, they have in the teacher's guide, there's little boxes that'll say optional extension activity. And it'll be go find videos on this or go look up pictures of this. And there are suggested reading in there. I think it's like at the beginning by the table of contents, there's a whole list of each grade level, a bunch of books that you can read that go along with. Okay, so just the actual, reading list? Yes. Okay. So they're not they're not um, required, they're optional, obviously. And I haven't really followed that because our current read aloud with the kids is the Chronicles of Narnia. Yeah. And we just started the third book because they absolutely love the Chronicles of Narnia right now. So we read that every night and that's our that's our reading for the most part. That's great. No, that's a great series. Only um, our daughter has read book one and we've watched the movies one, one and two. Uh-huh. But we're still working on the Harry Potter series as our family read aloud, as well as um, two different audiobooks for our, you know, air quotes, read aloud. And that's um, the Green Ember series that you guys always hear me rave about. And then right. just started another series called Britfield, um, which we're supposed to be interviewing that author um, in fall. So nice. yes, people will get to hear more about that series. It's a new series I hadn't heard of um, and he reached out to us. And so we started listening to the audiobook, and the kids are like, mm-hmm. already it's, it's another like great adventure series with about two orphan kids um, traveling the world essentially. So there's a lot of like learning involved too. I'll have to send you that. <laughs> yes, yeah, you should, because I want to get into that too. Mm-hmm. So the other thing was, as far as like, do you have everything you need for this unit study? Or are there things that you have to get? Or are those other things more optional? Like like you said, the suggested reading list, but are there books that you have to go and get? Um, anything like that? No, not really. You have everything you need if you if that's I mean, all you wanted yeah if that's all you wanted you do have that obviously like should it, there'll be like a supply list if there's going to be um activities. hands-on activities 
but uh, the majority of the stuff that we do, um, I end up just doing off of what I give the kids and it's almost always painting or drawing or cutting out and pasting stuff like that. Cause for them, they have to be doing something always when I'm reading, like they will not sit still. And that bugs the heck out of my husband when he's trying to read to them in the evenings. He's like, sit down. And I'm like, they don't sit still at all. (laughs) So when I do a unit, I know that every day they have to have a sheet of paper in front of them and I'll tell them, okay, like for the Asia and Europe, I would cut, cut out little flags for each area that we were studying and I'd have them glue it on the top of the page. Oh, and then love that. as I read, I said, draw, draw what you hear that interests you and draw it on the paper. And so I would create, I've been creating little like folder books for them. I just take those, you know, vanilla envelope folder things that like, filing folders Mm -hmm. and I just I put those in there and I'll poke holes at the end of the unit study and I'll tie it up and create like a little book for them and so they have what they've learned in there Um, there's a name for that what is that notebooking (laughs) notebooking (laughs) you you started something that you didn't know like there was already a name to know (laughs) yeah I didn't know that existed. Okay. Yeah, you, I was about to say you <laughs> might want to look into it because you're already on like the first step of it. Uh-huh. With your kids being that young, that's good. But basically, actually, with your oldest, you could already start. So what happens is like you do a read aloud, and while you're reading, the kids draw whatever it is that um, they're gravitating to or learning, like you know, that's coming to them as they're hearing this story. Um, so they right. draw that, and then when they're done. Um, there's a couple ways you can do it, but like, like I know, so Jody Maccabi is one that's really big with notebooking. And I, I started to follow her to learn more about it. Um, cause it, I found it really interesting, but, uh, so then you can incorporate copy work or writing and like, and their narration all into this. So one of the things that she does is she will have, I think all of her kids, even the older ones do an oral narration. So they'll narrate to her back what they heard. Right. And type it up. So she'll type it as they're saying their narration. And then she says, she'll go back and read it to them. And then they'll kind of together fix things. So then you're like working on grammar and structure and all that. So they'll fix it together. And she'll take that as like a teaching opportunity. And then, um, once it's like finalized and they both agree that it's good, she'll print it. And then the child will use that as copy work and they will copy work that onto that page with the drawing. And then she'll end up putting it in a notebook like you that it compiles all of their work over the year on all of these um, things that they've learned and all the stories they've heard. And I think it's just such a beautiful way for the, it's like a keepsake too, which I thought was neat. Yeah, that's, I really like that. Cause I'm trying to get my son more involved with like writing. Mm-hmm. Um, cause he's been more of like, just wanting to draw pictures because he does what his sisters do. And so that's been, <laughs> I'm like, okay, let's focus on our writing. Let's, let's not just write, this is good. Or it's a shark, like right. start banding 
And even if I, he's dictating to me and I'm writing it, I'm telling him, okay, give me a better sentence. Cause right. we're also, cause we're working also in gather round. They also do writing projects for his level. And it's usually just a short paragraph and, you know, he's read to Santo. Yeah. <laughs> his uh-huh. stories like that. His, his publishing is usually having to pick a way to publish it at the end. And he always wants to read it to his cousin. So it's always great. It is. Yeah. And so I think this last one was a lot better than the first one that he did because he really had to expand. I made him like, think, let's, let's go deeper. Let's not just make simple sentences. Let's go a little bit deeper with this. So that I like that idea though. Yeah. And that's part of um, the, the, the role as a parent that we're supposed to facilitate these children when they're younger to be like, and you coax them, you say, okay, well, well, what did they do? Or you kind of remind them and then they will expand on their thoughts. And then eventually you'll get to the point where hopefully they will just write it all themselves and they don't have to like orally narrate it to you and then you write it for them. But that's how I see it. Eventually they'll just write down their, um, their narration. So right. that's neat. Um, and then, okay. So the teacher reader, that was the other thing I wrote down. Mm-hmm. Does that have stuff for you to read aloud plus instructions or is the learning material in the children's books or, you know, pamphlets or booklets, whatever you call them? Um, all of the teaching material is in the teacher's guide. And then everything in the kids' books, it's just their work. Like there's no teaching material in the kids' book. It'll it'll give instructions and things for them to read in there, but it's not actual teaching material. So if you do gather around, you do have to get the teacher's guide, even if it's just one kid. And my suggestion is the cheapest route to do it, if you, especially if you have multiple children, is to do the, the family digital uh, download and print it out yourself. Okay. So obviously you have to take into account the, the printing, mm-hmm. the ink and the paper and all of that when you're doing it. But for us, it's cheaper because um, for like, basically it's like $49.95 or something like that. Um, and you get the teacher's guide and then you get all the age levels starting from that three to five-year-olds all the way up to high school level wow. um, guides. So you get it all in there and then you keep, you have it for, for basically for life and you download what you need and you print it off. And so for us, it's been cheaper that way. And um, obviously I, I go through some ink, so I'm still trying to figure out... <laughs> the ink situation <laughs> i just discovered the refillable ink into cartridges where you buy a thing of of just the ink mm-hmm. and then you refill the cartridges themselves oh. which it's um i'm still in trial mode but it, it's worked so far <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'll, I'll i'll let you know about that more later yeah <laughs> it, it literally so because like the printer that I have, the ink cartridges, I couldn't find it refurbished, which would have made it cheaper. Mm-hmm. And it's really expensive to replace. Okay. And so I was just like, oh my gosh, because it's one of those like inkjet printers. And <laughs> so I went and bought trial because it was like $25 for 
the refillable ink and you can refill the cartridges like four or five times. So um, I was like, okay, yeah, this is better than like 60 bucks for the ink cartridges. So that, that was my, um, my aha moment there (laughs) with that. You have to share the link so we can put it in the show notes because I know that there's plenty of parents out there. They're like, I need help with saving on ink. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'll send it because I found it on Amazon. So I'll, when I find it, I'll get, send that to you. But yeah, that's been that for, so for us, that is the cheapest route to go, especially since we got three kids and then later on down the road, since I'll be going back and reprinting out the stuff, I won't be buying the units again. Mm -hmm. So at least that's already there. So next year might be a little bit cheaper. Great. And that regard. So one other question before I go on to what we were using this past year, and that is what subjects are you having to still add in along with the supplement? Um, they, you have to add your own math, um, your own math curriculum. And then I also like to incorporate more literature and reading and writing. So um, we were using reading eggs for a while and then they finished up their workbooks on that. And I realized that my five-year-old Annie wasn't really learning how to read because <laughs> her brother, she, she was just, her brother was doing the work for her. So like words that she should have been, she should have known by now, because I would have them do their work independently. And I thought that she was learning it and she was not because she would give me her book and I would be like, oh, that's all right. So I'm just thinking, oh, she has it. And then I realized that I picked up another book and said, okay, read this to me. And she had no clue how to read it. And she would get very frustrated. So um, I decided to go with, I did some research and did good and beautiful. Yeah. Um, So, and so far we have loved their literature. We, I got it for my son and I got it for my daughter and it's very, very self-explanatory. The teaching is in there, in the workbook along. It it just tells you, okay, so read to child and then it'll highlight what you're supposed to read to the child. Okay. Now have child independently do this and they work on this. Okay. Now have them read this. And it's, it's very easy for the teacher and the kids love it too. And how they have it all with learning how to read the words, it's like tap and it's T dash A dash P. So they know they have to go to app. Yeah. It's, it's visual. Yeah. And, and so all of the words are like that and both of them love it. And, um, so I think that it, it allows me to, I have to do now more individual work. So now I'm having to like do the unit study and then I send them off and then I go, okay, who wants to go first? And I have to work with them individually on that. And if for some reason, like Annie was having difficulty with the long and short vowels. So we literally spent a week on the same lesson Mm -hmm. until she started to kind of connect with the long and short vowels. Mm -hmm. 
And then, because it says, okay, if your child is having difficulty, don't move on until they get it. So I really like, yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. And so I really liked that. And so I think I really love it. And right now my son doesn't have a math curriculum. So I'm just kind of giving him work because I also ordered from Good and Beautiful, their math curriculum for him. And I'm going to see how that goes because right now I have math from Kate Snow um, with Annie Mm -hmm. and I'm going to honestly say that that's not for me because okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, for I like the more cut and dry, like, like good and beautiful and gather around where it's right there. Yeah, exactly. What needs to be done. Mm-hmm. And there's a teacher's book and the workbook for the math from Kate Snow. But for me, it's, it's a little too much in, because I'm not, a teacher teacher and I feel like you know I feel like Paulette or Emily our sisters would understand that better yeah whereas I'm just it's too much so I'm like I'm not even using the teacher's book right now with her I'm just <laughs> going through her workbook and <laughs> being like okay this is what you need to do and I it, it's more review for her right now anyway so mm-hmm. she's just kind of working through the workbook and then I think once she finishes that seeing how the good and beautiful is with their math book with my son I'm probably going to get her the same thing after she finishes this and just stick to good and beautiful for math and literature because I know the literature they love so those are my two those are my supplements that I do with gather around and that is about it like and I also have you know different activities that I throw in just random yeah little additional things but those that's the main that's what I've come down to with mine that's great okay well that's I think that's super helpful for anybody that maybe is interested in unit study style or gather around maybe they've been wondering how it is uh Mia I feel like really wants to try out the unit study style So um, I'm going to talk about what we did this past year. And of course, um, what we're going to do in fall, I just have no clue. So (laughs) what we did this past year was, um, and many of my listeners already know this because I've mentioned it before, but for the sake of this conversation, I'll go over it. And that was, we have continued to put Charlotte, the Charlotte Mason style as like the spine or the backbone of our uh, structured learning. And we specifically follow um, or pull from, I should say, the Matter Amoebless website, which I will add that in the show notes as well. And the reason why I like that is because they do cover all of the subjects that is recommended for like a Charlotte Mason style feast, as people say it, a feast of knowledge and, and uh, you know, meeting all of the the needs of the child as a whole. So they, it's, it's free and they have put out an outline, a suggested outline of like all the different, um, different books you can use to hit up all these subjects and they put it for all the grade levels. So I like it because they've done a lot of the legwork already and you can choose if you want to follow that to the T and like the planning is done for you or you can do what I do. And I like, will, 
you know, take what I like and then switch out what I don't like, or then like not use anything at all. So that's how we've done it the past two years. Like I just said, our oldest daughter is really interested in unit studies. So I will take this summer to kind of like think and dive deeper and maybe see where I can um, pull the two together. Cause I think it's totally possible to still have a Charlotte Mason style of hitting all those subjects, but then you're actually just going to be focusing on a certain theme, you know, like you said, over the course of a month. Um, so yeah, so we did that. And what I used from that website was their, I used their suggested book list for us history, uh, ancient world history, the social studies slash geography subject, literature, um, links for picture study and music study, uh, which both of those I always extend learning. Like they have some links with free resources that you can use for picture study, music study. And then I will extend upon that. Like I will find podcasts that are on different painters or different composers, or I'll find uh, YouTube videos on them, or I'll pull up a random website and read. Cause we will study that same um, composer or artist for several weeks. So I try to keep the material interesting. Uh, we do use the suggested poetry book and we also follow the suggested religious books because um, that specific website is for a Catholic Charlotte Mason um, curriculum study. And being that we're Catholic, it kind of helps that they kind of already suggest some books to go along with our faith. So that's worked out for us. And then the things that I like interchange with and like I don't use for their of what they suggest is math and math. I was using master books, um, math lessons for living education this year. And then we used for language arts, we used Brave Rider, her DART program. And then for reading, I let them choose the books that they want. And for our oldest, I try to avoid, um, you know, books that are which, what Charlotte Mason would call like twaddle, you know, like teeny bopper books, you know, we try to right. have her pick like good literature or good chapter books. So she's been pretty good about that. And we do that on our library days. And then um, our son, same thing, like he'll just pick out for him. I'm not, I don't really care right now because I just want to make sure that we pick books that are at his level to help him keep um, improving on his reading skills. So right now he's at, I think a level two. So for me, I'm like, I don't care what it's about. If it's about the dog or the superheroes, I just want to make sure it's using um, the level reading that he's needing to work on until he finally gets to the point where he's like our oldest daughter where, you know, it won't matter. And then um, let's see, science. Science, I, we used um, <laughs> science. I'll get to a minute what didn't work, but <laughs> science, we utilized our wonderful library system here. It was virtual because of uh, COVID, but we utilized them for a lot of our science this year because she was doing STEM, uh, STEM topics. And we met almost every single week for an, oh my gosh, I think it was an hour. Yeah, I think it's an hour on Zoom. And then half of the year, she had somebody come in from Ohio State University's extension office, which um, she works, that staff member works with like our 4-H programs. 
and she had her join us and she helped teach like half the lessons on these science and STEM classes. It was amazing. It's so cool. So cool. And not only that, but like it's free. And then every month when we start a new theme, because she would have themes every month, we would all just go to the library and pick up our kits. They would give us all the supplies. And then the kids work on these projects and learning uh, material together with the librarian. And then sometimes this OSU um, employee, it was, it was amazing. (laughs) That is awesome. I'm just like, I wish we had that here. I know. I, I'm telling you, between the Metro Parks and the library system here, we have been, we're really blessed. They, they are wonderful resources. I need to go to Ohio. <laughs> a few other things we did for like science this year, because I started a science book and that's one of my complaints. Like if I'm going to say what didn't work, science again, did not work as far as that goes. If it wasn't for these programs, I would have had a fail, a big fat F in science this year, because I started a book and we didn't like it. Like the pictures were beautiful, but then it wasn't enough. Like there wasn't enough. And then last year it was too, too much information that it went over the kid's head for the curriculum we used last year. So I'm still struggling with science is an ongoing issue. And that's another thing I have to research a lot this summer. So if any of our listeners have elementary (laughs) school children and you have a science program that you absolutely love and it's working please email me please and I will research to see if that works for us (laughs) (laughs) um we did a chick quest I don't think I told you guys in our text um so this lady this uh from the extension office offered um our group like Hey, if a group of you want to get together, or if you just want to do it for your individual families, our, the extension office at the university is allowing families to check out um, kits to hatch eggs and all of the material needed to go along with the learning process over the course of the weeks. It's like six weeks worth of material that we've done. We finished Mm -hmm. next week, but yeah, so we watched the eggs. We got together a group of homeschooling families Cause one mom said she volunteered and said, I'll take the eggs. Cause a lot of us were like, I just don't know if I want to deal with eggs, you know? <laughs> or, yeah. Um, and I'm then like, <laughs> they do like the, the university will help you rehome the chicks if you can't keep them. So that's great. But we weren't ready for it in our house. So I was so excited when a mom was like, Oh, you know, we'll do it. And so we met once a week and we watched the, the 21 days it took for the the egg to hatch essentially, but we were doing things in the meantime, every time we met following this booklet that the 4-H extension office gives. And, um, and then we got to see them as they hatched and then like how you, what, what it's like for them once they're hatched, you know, adjusting to life and what you need to do and, and learn a little bit more about the actual chicks now. So that was part of our science as well, which was really cool. That is awesome. I want to do something like that. <laughs> I knew that if you lived here, you'd be like, we'll do it. We'll do it. Yep. I'd be like taking all the eggs and hatching the chicks. And I'd be like, you know what? I think I want to keep them. <laughs> you probably would. Yeah. We are supposed to be getting pigeons, which is why we're not getting chickens right now. Nice. We're trying to get into the, Nathan wants to get in the hobby of um, homing. Like pigeon homing where the birds, like you train them to fly off and then come back to your house. Yeah. 
you know, Abuelo Mio used to do that apparently. Right. So, so is um, that what got him interested in it? <laughs> I, no, I don't know where he got this interest, but we have a local club right off the road that we kept seeing the sign. And I think that's kind of like stirred it for Nathan. And so yeah. we visited and him and the kids fell in love. I, of course, was like, I want to make sure we can still vacation and go places. So as long as we can do that, okay, I'm on board. Right. <laughs> so they're, um, they're still babies and we're supposed to be getting them, I think, this summer is the plan. And the, one of the guys there is actually building us a coop because they want to build the club. Like their club is like starting to age out and they're like desperate for young families to join. So yeah very helpful right now which is another great thing like they're gonna that's awesome (laughs) teach them to like follow your minivan when you guys like go camping and they just go follow you that's right and then they just (laughs) they just perch on the top of the minivan whenever you guys stop (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's true problem solved (laughs) yep that's it they can just home with you And then some of the activities we did this year were, we did do a co-op the past couple of months. So like the end of the school year, we were able to find a co-op that was actually open because they're finally starting to open up again. And that worked well for the kids. And they actually did cover science, art, music, and PE. And they went, it was a drop-off program at a private school that has this homeschool program. So that was nice too, because then the kids just, sometimes I think it's healthy for them to have that drop-off and like, you know, work with other adults and kids. So right, we like that. Um, we're not sure if we're going to continue that next year just because of costs. It wasn't as cost-friendly as the co-op that we went to last year or before COVID, I should say. And that co that co-op, unfortunately, they don't know that they're going to reopen and fall to the young. I think they're going to still stick to just older kids. So we're in the process too. That's another piece of my homework this summer is trying to find a co-op or there's talk with another mom or two that we may try to start our own. So we'll see. Um, we did wild and free. We will continue to do that. That's been awesome. I actually joined two wild and free groups because they only meet together once a month, which is not enough for me. Um, but it's been <laughs> great because from that, if you're not familiar with wild and free, just look it up. And then you can, on their page, there's like a find a, um, find a chapter or group near me and it right. up the map. And it will show you the closest one to you, or you can start your own using the plat- their platform. So, yeah, I think ours, the closest was like in Alabama, which is way too far for us. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like 45 minutes, but it's still like, that's not feasible for us or something. Well, it's a bummer. If you're feeling ambitious, you could start your own. And I bet yeah. they would come. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> And it's not that bad because I think that's why a lot of moms like it, because if you're going to start one, you only commit to what you want to commit and most commit only one meetup a month. And then you now have a group. So what happens is we now have a group, but it's opened up this um, communication between homeschooling parents. So then from that has stemmed us creating other outings and activities together which is really nice. You end up meeting a lot more than once a month or twice a month because 
uh, we will just reach out like on an off week and be like, Hey, we're going to this park. Anybody want to join? Or, Hey, we want to do a book club. Anybody, any of your kids want to join? So it's a great way to just start the connection. And then from there, now you have like a group of mamas that you like, and you can just email them or message them through the platform and throw ideas. Like we're going to be doing this. Anybody on board? Yeah. And then our kids both did karate. Uh, our oldest did 4-H. Our son did do 4-H this year because most of the year was virtual and he can't handle that. Like he does not like doing meetings on Zoom and I can't blame him. Right. So this year he's skipping it. Um, he's doing Boy Scouts and she's doing American Heritage Girls. And those have been wonderful for our family. Yeah, I forgot to mention that my all my kids are doing karate right now. That's Right. <laughs> I was going to ask, yeah. So what are, is that, um, do you have other activities or is that like what you guys are doing right now for your out of home stuff? That's about it that we're doing for our out of home stuff. Um, because for us, I feel like they're getting enough of like the education part at home. I mean, obviously they can learn more outside, but, um, I felt like karate has been awesome. We were going to, we were only doing it once a week and then we just bumped it to twice because it was only like $30 more to do all three of them together doing it. Nice. And he, I love, I love our sensei. He is awesome. He is just like really big on that whole discipline, dedication, determination, and, you know, respect and all the core values and morals that I have are being taught in that class. And it's starting to show in my kids um, and they're listening at home and helping out. Cause he's like, you see this, you see this parents, they're picking up and they're putting stuff away. So when they're at home, don't let them fool you into thinking that they don't know how to clean up. <laughs> and if they don't listen to you, make them do 10 pushups. Yeah. I make them do 10 pushups when they don't listen in here. So if they don't listen, do 10 pushups and I'll, I'll do it. I'll be like, when I've had enough and I'm just like, I can't handle you guys, 10 pushups. And they all look at me. I'm like, I'm serious. 10 pushups. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I agree. It's been yeah. great for our kids too, because it does. You're right. It, it works on, on their character and discipline as well, which is so important. Like Nathan even said, if our middle child, he's, he's really into the outdoors and fishing and all that, like that's his jam. And we don't really see sports being a thing for him. And he's like, if, if between the outdoors and karate are his things, he's like, I'll be happy. Like I, yeah. I, I, he'd be happy with like karate over sports because they're working on the person as well, which is so important. Right. Um, exactly. Like our kids every week have to turn in a good deeds sheet to their sensei when they come in and they have huh. to write things that they did that were good. And if there's something they didn't do well, the parent is allowed to mark on the other side of the sheet what they did not do well that week. And then the sensei will like talk to them about it. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I wish he would do that with us. I know you might have to suggest it. <laughs> so yeah, ours is also great. And he's, um, it's probably helps too. Like he's obviously, uh, been doing martial arts for a very long time as well, but He's also, I think the second hat that he wears is that he's a behavioral specialist at the school district. So he, uh-huh. he works with behaviors all the time and he can like, yeah, I know that I've worked with behavioral specialists. They know how to handle these kids. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. I love that. Cause yeah. our sensei is a dad of three daughters. Oh. So, 
he kind of reminds me of dad in a lot of respect. And I mean, his daughters are about, you know, our kids ages. So, okay. and they're really cute because they're in that class with them. And, you know, he's like, I'm, I'm all about girl power because I've got three daughters. So, you know, these <laughs> girls and my girls are not, are not shy when they get in there, when they start, when they are like teaming up with somebody, they go at it while Michael's just kind of like more soft. <laughs> <laughs> he's just he's just playing he's not going at it and the girls are rough they're just like oh good <laughs> they need that then <laughs> especially gabby as she is like fierce it's pretty I, funny that does not surprise <laughs> me no i'm like oh, this is nice all right so real quick on things that worked and didn't work so for us Things that I really that really stood out that I liked this year were um, we finally found a Spanish program that worked, which is called Flip Flop Spanish, and the kids are doing wonderful. And we are like really striving for this because we have a Puerto Rico trip planned in October, and we want them nice. to be real uh, like I want them to be brushed up on their skills when we get to that trip. That's yeah. kind of like our goal and like their reward. So that has worked well for us, for anybody that wants to look into that. Um, we've been enjoying the uh, Brave Riders Dart program. It makes learning like language arts fun. Like, it, and she makes it very relaxed. It's not rigorous, but the kids are like actually remembering stuff. Like they can tell me what onomatopoeias are. They, I did, I posted a video a couple of weeks ago of um, our daughter doing one of the exercises from the DART program, uh, which is like, it's a way for them to kind of like actually feel how a sentence is written. So like when they're reading the sentence, they walk, walk, walk. If they come to a pause, they kind of like, you, you make up your own body movements. So we created the body movement for commas. They crouch down for a short pause. And then for periods, they come to a complete stop with like their feet stomping on the ground. So they like feel it. So they walk, 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 comma, they're going to crouch down and pause, walk, 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 period. They're going to stop at a halt or, you know, explanation mark, question mark. We do all these different gestures. So I really like that. Yeah. So watch the video on our Instagram account. So you have an idea, but it's really yeah. neat. Like I, she just, Julie Bogarts has some, she's just great in this area. So that has worked well for us. Uh, reading eggs continues to be a wonderful resource for reading comprehension. Um, and then our, uh, the geography book list from matter amoebless. I love them. Like they're just great for the social studies and geography. Like we've read, um, the K and we read paddle to the sea. Um, and then I did interchange some, like we read plain girls so that we could learn more about Amish country since we live in Amish country here. Um, so that those have always been wonderful and they're all living books like Charlotte Mason. We follow all living books for all of our read alouds and all of our learning. Um, what did not work? Like I said, science did not work. Um, I'm still on the fence. I know I've talked to you about this, about master books, math, that sometimes it feels a little too gentle. Right. And so I think what I'm going to do, because Every time I feel like it's too gentle, then I realize like, wow, but they really mastered that skill, like, because right. it takes its time. So then I'm like, maybe I need to trust it. So I'm, I'm either going to completely change our um, math curriculum next year, 
or we may continue with master books and then add in Khan Academy uh, because we just interviewed uh, the host of the new, the new schools. We haven't released that episode yet, Shannon. Uh-huh. And she runs a Montessori style school in El Salvador. And um, it's called, it's part of the Acton Academy chains. When people listen to that podcast, they'll understand what I'm talking about. But so okay. she runs a school and she says all of the kids in there do Khan Academy and they do it on their own. And every time they test, they test like above. So she was like, we yeah. really trust the system. So that convinced me to get them back on it this summer and then see if maybe we'll like have Khan Academy plus like an actual book that they can, yeah. yes, they can touch and like work with. Because Michael, he, when we were down with COVID, he did Khan Academy and loved it. But I also felt like he needed more hands on. Mm-hmm. So I ended up just like, taking that away but you just reminded me I haven't done it in a while so I might put him back on there yeah so he, he was thriving with that see and I can see how maybe when they're learning something new it might be very difficult to do it over a computer for some kids so that's right. why I might do both because right now our son is doing review of all first grade math over the summer using Khan Academy before we move into second grade in fall and he's right. doing great because it's all like stuff he's already learned. Yeah. So I'm wondering how it'll work when he has to learn something new, if he's going to be able to relate to the computer or not. Right. And Mikey is very like computer, like nerdy book person. So for him, it works. But for Annie, I knew that it was not going to work. Yeah. That was just going to be way over her head. So I didn't even attempt it with her. Yeah. And so we'll see. <laughs> So yeah, so for you, anything that like did not, well, I think you, anything else? Because I feel like you've kind of plugged in throughout your conversation, what's worked and what hasn't. Yeah, um, like we have, we decided we're going to be homeschooling year round because I do take a week off at the end of every unit. And, um, and then obviously like if we take trips or whatever, I'm, I'm more flexible and more willing in the sense to like take some more time off just because we are homeschooling year round. And I'm also, especially this year, because of how I felt like it was just kind of real wonky. Mm -hmm. I feel like my kids are kind of more behind than they should be in their learning. Cause even like, um, Gabby, the four-year-old, she doesn't really know, recognize her letters and numbers that well yet. And I felt like the other two already did by now. So like in the mornings, I have them watch alpha blocks and number blocks on YouTube. And it's also on Netflix mm-hmm. and that's helping her. And even Annie with like the, the addition and subtraction and recognizing letters and their sounds because it's very interactive and very educational for them. Yeah. And um, so like, I'm just going to continue what I'm doing with gather round And now that I know that good and beautiful works with the literature, once I see how it works with math, that might end up being what I use for the long haul until it doesn't work anymore. Mm -hmm. And um, so, yeah, I think that for me has been the thing. And, you know, occasionally like during the summer, I'm just going to stick to one unit study, but sometimes like during the actual school year, I'll bump it up to two. So like our days will be longer. So instead of like ending by 11, we don't end until like two with our what days when do I start? do that. I start 
eight thirty, nine o'clock. Okay. Yeah. And that's a good then, day. Yeah. And then for me, now that I'm doing the good and beautiful and then like s- splitting up the kids for me, it's longer and they get more playtime while I'm working with one kid at a time mm-hmm. during the math and literature part. But we still end off like right now, like yesterday, this week, we've been doing just the one unit study with that. And we were still done by like 11 or so. And then when I was doing it before we were, it was like one, two o'clock or so with like two unit studies. Oh, okay. But we get a lot of playtime in and breaks. So, and the, it really, and the, the studies really don't take that long. So, but the, the unit study this morning took us about an hour and it's just because we're stopping and we're talking and we're diving into this. And my kids do not stop talking ever. Like (laughs) (laughs) there's always, they're they're like on a rotating Uh and one ends and the other one starts and it just doesn't stop. And I'm like, okay, can I read now? And I start reading and then the other one starts talking and I'm like, this could only take 15 minutes, guys. (laughs) Well, that's exactly right. And that's what happens with us too. It's like, talking about like rhythms to your days, I would love to shorten our days. Like I think ideal would be two hours, two and a half hours. We are right now on average at a four hour day. Yeah. And that's with a snack time and that's with interruptions from the toddler or now he's like a, I guess he's turning four soon. So like a pre-kid, but, um, so the, you know, it's not like a smooth sailing four hours. Like it's life is happening in between, but it's the same too, though, that sometimes the interruptions are not like, you know, behavior stuff or anything like that, or something, you know, somebody's at the door or whatever. It's like the kids are wanting to go down a rabbit hole and it's like, you don't want to stop it. That's the whole point of learning. Right. And I think my problem is when we go down rabbit holes, I need to be able then to maybe let go of what was planned later so that we don't have such a long day. But I'm, st- I'm the same way. Oh, but then I get stuck on like, I have to check it off. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that box is bothering me. <laughs> I know me and my boxes. <laughs> so yeah, for me, I'm still, every year has gotten better, but I, my goal is still to continue as far as our rhythms go to let go of some of the structure and have more time for the unstructured learning which would be more of the interest led learning. I want our kids to have more time to go down rabbit holes, to work on projects that interest them, you know, whatever it is. Granted four day, four hours in your whole day still leaves tons of time to play and explore. Exactly. I still want to cut it down. I really do. So I'm going to, I really got to work hard this, this summer and figure out like, what do I want to keep? What am I willing to let go of? Or how do I like reschedule the rhythm here where it's, they're not as long of days. Cause it sounds like you've worked out something good with your rhythm where you're saying that you're doing right. a unit study. It's taking like an hour usually. And then you're yeah. working on the um, individual stuff for literature and math. Correct. After the correct. Unit study. Yeah, that's yeah. great. So that's worked well for you. Right. And my kids, they do a lot of playtime a lot because I've learned that some days like, okay, Fridays, it's usually like a kind of a day off, but we still do some 
learning, like the math and the reading, and I'll lay out games and I'll lay out things for them to like pick up and do, mm-hmm. but they are structure kids. If I don't put out like the copy work and what they need to learn that day, they're not going to pick up what I put out. They want more mm-hmm. and they won't learn on their own. They want to do what the normal structure day is. So they'll go and they'll pick up their books and be like, okay, I'm going to work on this now, like their own math and literature books. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> and, so, and we're starting to transition their toys out to more open-ended toys, like toy kits. Like I love the little peg peoples with the Play-Doh and just random stuff because my kids love random stuff. They want, you know, all those expensive toys and Barbie dolls and stuff are just wasted. Yeah. They get tossed in the corner, mm-hmm. but I have tons of little boxes and it looks like just random, like rocks and sticks and peg people and Play-Doh and whatever, but they literally will put those out and they just spend hours in this imagination world, putting together whatever it is with those open-ended toys. Yeah. And the loose I'm parts, still, right? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. With the loose, with loose parts. That's it. And I'm just like, all right, because you go into the rooms, there's cardboard and paper and sticks and rocks everywhere. And you're just like, oh my gosh, your room's a mess. And they're like, no, that's the doll's house. That's the doll's bed. Like, but it, you know, to us, it looks like trash. And you're just right. like, okay, I'm going to shut the door and I'm going to walk away because this is driving me nuts. Like, I can't look at it. Because, <laughs> you know, me, I am a neat freak. So. I'm just like, whatever. I love it though. That's it. That's (laughs) That's such a great testimony though, to like what free play and those loose parts and open-ended toys do for a child, the imagination and creativity that comes about that is a whole nother learning in itself right there, which I think is amazing. So that's, I love hearing that. Okay. So moving on, I didn't get to talk about, I feel like we're already like hitting the hour mark here. So I'm going to try to move faster real quick for those of us who have to submit something at the end of the year for the state. Typically, if you do have to turn something in, it's going to be a portfolio or you have to take a standardized test. And so in our state, you have the option for either. And so I just wanted to quickly share, we will do portfolio And that's just like taking pieces. You have to find a certified teacher who does um, homeschool assessing. Typically, you can find those if you go to your local homeschool groups, like on Facebook. That's how I found mine. Like if you go to those groups and just ask, hey, does anybody know of an assessor? They, They will give you like a list or they'll recommend somebody. And then you can do your homework and figure out who you think will work for you. Because all the assessors, obviously, they're they're their own person. So they all have different personalities many of them homeschooled themselves. So they know where you're coming from. They understand that we don't always have proof for everything. They get it. So for me, I probably give my assessor way more than what she needs. I know I do because she laughed when I submitted my digital (laughs) record to her. She was like, wow. (laughs) I was like, I'm sorry. Maybe this is more for me. But I, you just basically get, they typically, you have to ask what they are looking for, but usually what they say is, um, give me samples of your child's work throughout the year over several different subjects, or maybe they just want the main subjects and showing samples from like the beginning, the middle and the end. And you give them those samples. 
Um, and then you kind of give a, uh, an idea of like what you guys were doing over the year. Like you talk with them about it, um, the subjects you were learning about, the experiences you did, all that. So there's a lot of like verbal communication as well. And then after that, um, she will then, or he, he or she will then like write up a letter so for your district to say that like this family's been approved. Anyways, I like to keep a basket in my room, in our, our school room, where I will just throw, it's messy. I throw like samples of work that I thought were like, oh, this will be good for the portfolio. I'll throw it into this basket. And it's a disaster. You can definitely do that more organized. And then now that I'm in summer, I'm going to go next week and start tackling that basket and pull out the things I truly want to provide for the portfolio and then have it ready to go. Um, and you either do it in person or digitally. So that's what we do. And then we still have our kid. Um, our son's not going to do it this year. He'll do it next year, but we've had our daughter. This will be the second year now do a standardized test, but we're not submitting it to the state. It's for our own sake. And no, we don't believe that um, this is the only way of us knowing that she's learning. I used to think that, but my mind has changed on education. At this point, the reason why we do it is so that they continue the skills of standardized test taking, because if they want to go to college, as of now, you have to usually take a standardized test to get in. So I don't right. want them to be like unfamiliar with the whole process. And that's kind of why we have them do it. But um, I just wanted to share that real quick. And then, all right. So what are your summer plans? I, you pretty much told us real quick. I, another thing I'd like to add for our listeners is I like to include our kids in the summer planning. So we ended right last week. And so this week we're taking the week to sit down and have discussions. We're going to talk about what they liked this past school year, what they did not like, what would they like to see next school year? Do they still like homeschooling? Okay. You don't like homeschooling. Why not? And then if your child, cause if your child says they don't like it, try to find out why there's gotta be a reason why maybe they're bored. Maybe they're not being challenged enough. Um, maybe they're not connecting with the, the resources and curriculum you're providing them. This mommy's too mean. <laughs> yeah. Or that, right. So you, there's reasons why, because I feel like most kids, if you figure out the, the root cause, they're going to love home education. So figure out why. Um, and some it's not for them, but I feel like majority there's, there's a way to figure out, you just need to communicate with your child. How can we make this better? What, what are we doing wrong here? I just wanted to say like, oh, my kids, like when we're out and about sometimes random people like the baggers or whatever from Walmart will ask, Oh, you're in school. Are you guys in school? What school do you go to? And they're all real proud about it. We homeschool. And I'm like, huh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. And it's great. I know my kids are the same. Like they, they take pride in it. They like, yeah, you know, I love it. So that's my suggestion is to get your kids involved in the planning and then we also get them involved for our summer plans. So, and of course, my kids are a little older than yours, but so yesterday we did our summer brainstorm session and we basically sit down and write out all the things that we might like to do this summer. We are not going to hit everything on that list. I make that very apparent to them because the list yeah. gets long, but at least we've got something to go to. And then me as the parent will go through and figure out some sort of structure to how we can try to hit as many as we can throughout the summer. Right. Um, 
So we have like, uh, we talk about activities we want to do. We talk about interests we want to learn about like, um, Santa wants to re- uh, learn about cavemen, you know, so I'm going to try to find resources to extend learning on that, um, whatever it is. And then maybe there's activities. So for us, uh, we will be doing reading and they will do whatever summer reading they want. We're going to do short math lessons, uh, at least four days a week. And then we're going to finish up on exploring Michigan because we have a road trip coming up. So they don't mind, like they see it as fun that we read about Michigan. And then we're also going to like work on like roadmap skills. So they're going to learn something, but they're going to see it as like, oh, now we're going to be able to help on our road trip. Like I know what's going on here. And we did a version of roadmap skills when we went to Rhode Island and they love that. So I'm going to try to extend on that. And then we're going to begin a unit study on Puerto Rico because of our trip in October. Mia's finally going to get her unit study. So I have to try to figure (laughs) out my own and create my own for the first time this summer. (laughs) Lots of outdoor time, of course, lots of outdoor activities, water play, all that every summer that never changes. Hikes, parks, all of it. We're going to try to attempt nature journaling once a week. Mia has already penciled in what day she wants to do it. She's more structured than me, I swear. Um, Yeah, she is. (laughs) So funny. We're going to continue to try to do field trips. Now that museums and botanical gardens are opening back up for us, we'd like to hit some of those over the summer. Our kids are going to be going to two different summer camps, one with the Metro Parks and then one with this micro school that's like homeschool micro school is doing a summer camp. One of the other things I'm looking at right now is the Walduck Ways survival unit study and it follows bear grills book series he's like a survivalist and i thought that'd be awesome for summer so i think i'm going to purchase that and then our daughter has to continue working on her 4-h birding birding project as well as they both work on their patches for their scouts and american heritage girls and then of course working on hobbies like she wants to create a baking club and and she's actually considering starting a podcast So we're going to be working on that this summer. And then our son wants to continue to work on his fishing skills and drawing skills. Yeah. So that's what we're doing. (laughs) You're loaded. Yeah. That's why I I say it's it's a, yeah, it's a big brain dump on a paper and we'll see at the end of the summer what we hit, but it's nice to have your options there so that you don't get bored and that there's always something to look to, even if you don't hit it all. Right. And then for you guys, it sounds like you'll continue, you do year round. So you're just going to continue yeah. doing what you're doing, right? Yep. We're just going to keep doing what we're doing. And I mean, they play enough that, you know, we got parks and we got a few trails here. We don't have anything like freaking Ohio <laughs> down here. So, and I haven't even like looked into like end of the year stuff with our state. I mean, Mississippi is very like real easy with homeschooling. I know that when it was time to like, say that I wanted to homeschool, all I had to do was just contact somebody and just say what the name of my kid, how old he was, the curriculum I was using. And then they just sent me back a form and that was it. Nice. Um, so I don't, I haven't even looked in to see if I have to turn anything in, but I have been keeping like the, with the unit studies, I just have like those giant binders yeah. that each one has their own. And once they fill up, I just fill up another one so that at the end of the year, I can just go through and just pick out you know, maybe the writing projects or whatever for like Michael and stuff like that. 
um, if I have to turn something in, I do have a kind of a test type thing that I had printed off that gives me like an idea of where they are just with like reading and writing and math and just like basic skills. Yeah. So I'll, I've been meaning to do that for like the past couple of weeks to retest them from at the beginning of the year. And that's kind of like what I use just for my own knowledge as to see how we're the, where they're going. Although I can kind of already gauge since we do this like every day, like, yeah. hmm, <laughs> you're cheating <laughs> or, okay, you got it. And clearly you need more work on this. And I guess that's the good thing about homeschooling is that we are, since we're doing with it, with them constantly, we know where their weaknesses are and where their strengths are, which has been really good. I think. Absolutely. I remember when we first started homeschooling, I was like so lost. I had no idea what our daughter knew. I didn't know what she was capable of. I didn't know exactly what they had been learning. Like it was a big realization how disconnected we were from our children's education when we started doing it. Exactly. Exactly. And then now I'm just like, you know, I feel like the people that don't really understand the homeschooling, I feel like they kind of think that, oh, they homeschool, so they can just do whatever they want, whenever they want. They can just up and go. And I'm like, no, this is like, for us, we have a structure and a system. And if you take us off it for too long, I have to redo it. They, my kids can only be off their, this routine for like a, a week before it all starts to go back downhill. And so if I'm like, you know, in-laws want to take the kids or whatever, if we're going to go visit family, like, you know, they can only be gone for at max a week. And I know when I go home, mom is totally cool with me, you know, go to the casita, go teach them and <laughs> do whatever. And so I, I don't have to get off my routine with them there, but anywhere else I'm like, okay, this is, this is our break time. So this will be the okay time for them to go and do whatever. Right. Yeah. Stuff like that. No, that's a great point. I agree. It's a, uh... It's funny because I feel even for the majority of children, like some sort of structure, even if they're unschooled, there's something that they like to know that how do they see their days playing out? Um, Because even unschoolers, just because you've got the the label of unschool, it doesn't mean that they're not like doing things that they're not learning. It's so they still, they too have a sort of rhythm to their days. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. are the same. Like if they raise havoc, if we don't, if we don't have something again, it doesn't have to be like pencil scheduled in, but we have to have some sort of rhythm going, even if it's fun stuff, there has got to be stuff going on or exactly. we've got trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Cause like my kids that they, you know, in the morning they sit down and they're watching TV until I say, okay, go brush your teeth, go get dressed and get changed and the night before I'll set out their copy work on the table with their pencil cases and they'll just go get dressed do whatever and then before I even get into our classroom they're already sitting down and working together on doing the copy work and figuring out what day it is and writing all that stuff down and they're ready to go and I'm like that's good (laughs) I like that yeah they're ready and I'm not I better hurry up. <laughs> I know. That's like me too. I'm always the last one to show up to the table. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're late to class, huh? We've been here for 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> that is the same story in our house, but I think it's great. We are teaching our kids yeah. 
to be self-starters. That is a life skill. So I think that that exactly. is a lesson. So exactly. All right. Well, I think we should wrap it up because we've gone over my time. Yes. But thank you, Nina, for joining me today. I think it was a great discussion. Very informative. Um, Thank you for having me. Yeah. And I hope, um, I'm sure I'll have you on again very soon. And for those of you who don't know, Nina blogs on our website and will periodically post recipes. So make sure to check her out over there as well. Yep. All right. Well, thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Bye.